We're gonna stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. It's time, America, for the number one conservative common sense podcast that's calling out all the social justice, political correctness crap, and putting it on the run. Do you think you can handle it? So hop in and buckle up and get ready to ride with two straight-shooting, tell-it-like-it-is ex-street cops. And they know how to party with few inhibitions. As they give the special interest and weak-kneed politicians a swift kick in the ass. Wow, is that legal? With some good old-fashioned common sense. Bring it on, baby. It's Cop Talk USA <laughs> with your hosts, Marillo and French. Hi, everybody. Welcome. I'm Roger French. I'm here with my partner, the big guy, Dave Marillo. Hey, Roger. You all right? I am, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. Watched a little football over the weekend and uh, watched the college playoffs uh, shape up a little bit there. And should be some exciting football. Well, we saw our Hawkeyes oh, fall man. flat on their face. Yeah, yeah that was bad. Uh, no, but, you know, Iowa State and Iowa, they, I, I'm still a fan of both. You know, they, they have their good days and bad days, but uh, there's always tomorrow. Well, that reminded me of that, of like Stanford. Remember when they got run over out there yep. by a truck? Oh, my God. It seemed the same way. Well, yeah, you know, my Cyclones, uh, they didn't play. Basketball, they did. I was all excited about them. Uh, yep. They are ranked. They moved up today to number 17 yeah. in the country for a team that was picked not to do anything to be last. Uh, uh, that guy up there is doing such a great job. Went out, uh, saw Mike Moody yep. and the Outlaws. Good man. Good yeah, man. He was, uh, they were playing uh, Friday night, so... Myself and a buddy went up and saw him up in uh, there at the Whiskey House in Ankeny. Mm-hmm. And, yep. of course, uh, you know, he's got his following up there. All oh, things. yeah. He got more women up there. Yeah. I tell you, they, he's, I don't know. he's dreamy. Oh, yeah, he's dreamy. Right. <laughs> tell you what I did do, and this is brutal. Mm. I don't know. So I, I, I decide I'm going to go. You know, I'm a single guy. I got yeah. this house and yeah. Christmas time, but yeah. I don't have quite as many, you know, Christmassy stuff. And my kids are going to come over. So sure. I got this wild hair up my my butt that I'm going to go out uh, <laughs> Sunday and go buy some some uh, yeah. decorations. Yeah. So I go up to Michael's. Have you been into this place? I try you, not to you go know to what those this places, is? Roger. I know I know what they sell there. Though. Well, let me tell you something. Rod, oh, Rod, you know he's got his Iowa State hat on. He's big and bad. I'm going to roll in there and do it. Well, I I got abused. I got abused today. The grannies, yeah. all the it's oh, all yeah. women, it's all grandmothers yep. and kids, and I mean. They hit that place like SWAT. They oh, yeah. come in there, bang, yeah. they, they hit yeah. it. They're going over. I'm going up to try to grab something. Man, I get blocked. I got more elbows thrown on me. I, I played hockey one time. I got beat up more than there. I ended up having to leave there. I felt I felt violated. I went home <laughs> on the couch and cried. I mean, these grandmas, when you go to get something, they hey, give you a look. Grandma needs some too, right? I'm going to tell you, know? you what. They, they, they may be grandma at home, but, buddy, they turn into the yeah. Terminator when it comes to the, the Christmas crap. And that's oh, what I call yeah, it. Yeah, you know, uh, what's the other one that the uh, ladies love to frequent? Uh, Hobby Lobby. Oh, I don't know about yeah, that. I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm done going to those places. Yeah, I, my uh, wife and my daughter love those two stores, and uh, you know, I just don't see the attraction because you know I'm a guy. Well, you know? I got news. For, I was. I mean, they use those carts like weapons. Oh yeah. I mean, I got. <laughs> I got knocked over. I got an elbow thrown. I was reaching. She gives me the look. This grandma, this granny. She gives me the look, and I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Away. Yeah. <laughs> so no more uh, Michaels for me, and, uh, and I'm sure it's a great. I saw place. the wreath on your door, Roger. You're uh, you're festive. You're festive. Ho ho ho! And so, so anyway, we did that. Well, getting back to uh, the law enforcement angle mm-hmm. of this uh, deal, obviously we had that shooting up in Michigan. That kid went in there, and uh, you know, there's they charged his parents. 
up there. He did that shooting up in Michigan at that school, yeah. and they charged the parents, and that everybody's making a big deal out of that. But you know what? If you're the parent and you're giving a kid, an unstable kid, a gun, and you're not paying attention, you're going against the grill. You know, they got points where the mom was texting him about getting caught, not getting caught and stuff. Uh, they should They should file charges on him. You know what's weird to me, because I'm old. I admit it. I'm 64. I remember, you know, getting guns, if you will, when I was little for my parents. But they said Daisy on the side. Right. They were BB guns. But even then, my dad... And my uncles taught me gun safety because that was kind of like training wheels, right. you know. But my parents, no, no parents I know of ever went out and bought their child a handgun. As they got older, they might migrate to a shotgun because they're hunting, you know. Right. But by that time, they've learned gun safety, and they're not going to use that gun for a nefarious purpose. So the fact that any parent would go out and buy some unstable child a handgun is just bizarre. Well, and here's here's one of my deals about this. I also understand that they're now considering filing charges against schools. Uh, you know, they had the kid. He had drawings. The school investigates. They call the parent in. Them and the parent decide uh, they want the parent actually to take the kid home. The parents refuse. They uh-huh. send him back to school. So somebody in the school decided, okay, well, he's probably not a threat. You know what's missing out of that equation? What's that? They didn't have an SRO there. Yeah. It didn't involve somebody from law enforcement to take back and uh, to sit back and take a strategic look at this and say, you know, hey, maybe we ought to check this kid's backpack. Maybe we ought to check his locker. Nobody thought to do that because that gun just didn't reappear. Well, and what schools can do is they can school teachers and school administrators. Are, it's l- perfectly legal for them to search backpacks, lockers, uh, whereas law enforcement they can't talk to juveniles until the parents are there. Okay. No, but, but, you know, from a strategic yeah. standpoint, no, if they, if they would have included that person in there, if you had an SRO standing there, maybe that, maybe that prevents that. I don't know. But, yeah, but just, uh, you, when you have school teachers making decisions about stuff like that, that they're not trained to do, you know, they feel sorry. They're worried about the child. Well, you better be worried about what that child can do is, is going to do. You're right. And you know what, what, what I dwell on, I'm you know, the parents of the kids who were killed right. or the, kids who are injured i mean it just breaks my heart to know this had to happen to innocent children it's it's really bad well kids and they got that kid that one kid he's a he was a football player he tried to stop it you know here's here's somebody a a, a you know a football player an athlete good kid in school everything he gets cut cut down by this nitwit well we we have listeners up that way so uh trust me when i tell you roger and i you know we've got you in our thoughts and prayers uh, over the holiday season and, and always it's just, it's just terrible sticking in that area up there in detroit this happened the other day they had a, a van detroit pd pulled over a van for a traffic violation and it mm-hmm. was a daycare looking van and had four little kids in there and they found out through their police investigative techniques and common sense and just intuition that something was wrong the kids weren't acting right in the car found out she had kidnapped these three kids. She had got a van, had it outfitted to look like a daycare van, and pulled up these kids and said, get in, I'm taking you to school. Yeah. And they happened to stop it. So, you know, thought to all the defund and cut police officers back, this is why you don't. Saved lives. Yep. You know, those yep. officers well, did a hell of a job. Up she's going to uh, she's gonna be enjoying three three hots and a cop for a long time. Well, Detroit, uh, Detroit needs to be, be uh, really proud of those officers. And uh, yeah. who knows what she had planned for those guys. Yep. I, I don't know. You're right. Um, another thing I saw, the border 
And I just read this, just to throw this out there. Border Patrol in Rio Grande Valley sees 163% spike in illegal encounters since October. How about that? They're and not slowing down a bit. Nope. And another thing, too, you know, you hear, you know, uh, Sleepy Joe and his sidekick and uh, the left screaming for mask mandates across the country and businesses have to have. Not one of them illegals coming in here is bound by that. They're coming in, and a lot of them are carrying COVID. Then you got. You got this new strain of COVID. What's it called? Ox? I don't know. Every week it's something. Yeah. The next yeah. week it'll be the Roger French strain or something. <laughs> something makes your yeah, butt you know, go the, tight or the, something. The, I don't know. The hypocrisy and all this. Is, I'm just, I I don't know. I've, I, I've never seen a president as incompetent uh, as Joe Biden. Well, it's it's just going. He, yeah. he's, he's not doing it. Uh, the other thing, hey, I know something you're, I'm sure you're following very closely, is your guy uh, Smollett over in Chicago going through his trial Oh uh, yeah. yeah, what's his name? Jesse Smollett. The yeah, the, the, he's a, he was on on the stand today. The fabricator. Yeah. Well, now he's he's saying it's absolutely did happen, and of course you yeah. know uh, he was in Trump country there in, in sure. Chicago, and sure. of course they, you know, he's claiming that it uh, he's taking the stand trying to convince people that all that was real, and yep. You know, the media is the ones to blame on that because they bought that. Oh, they hook, hook, line, and hook line and sinker. You know, and and uh, you know if he would have said the boogeyman was after him, the the mainstream left-wing media would have said by golly the boogeyman is chasing oh, it's terrible I weird I, yeah so anyway let's go into bob our fallen officer segment will we and i think uh, dave once you All you right. can read these uh, police officer richard houston the second shot and killed while responding to a disturbance in the parking lot of a grocery store he was with the Mesquite Police Department in Texas. Hmm. Our condolences, prayers, thoughts go out to his family. Right. Um, Constable Madison Skip Nicholson with the Wilcox County Constable's Office in Alabama. Uh, he was shot and killed while he and other sheriff's uh, officer deputies responded to a domestic disturbance. Uh, that's that's one of the most dangerous calls that police officers make, folks, is uh, domestic situations and traffic dis- traffic stops. Mm. That's where Terrible. a lot of our officers are shot and killed right. or injured. Um, Detective Antonio Valentin with the St. Louis County Police Department in Missouri, he was killed in a vehicle crash uh, near the intersection of Chambers Road and Crete Drive uh, about 3, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, our condolences and prayers go out to his family and friends and relatives. Who was he with? He uh, was with the, the uh, St. Louis County Police Department. St. Louis County, okay. And, um, police officer Henry Laxon, uh, Clayton County Police Department down in Georgia, shot and killed as he and other officers responded to a domestic uh, violence and shooting in a what was 300 block of Jervis Court and Rex about 840 at night. Mm-hmm. And then we lost uh, Sergeant Dominique Guida, G-U-I-D-A, I think is how they pronounce that. He suffered a fatal heart attack, participating in a multi-agency exercise, um, and he was with the Bunnell Police Department down in Florida. Our thoughts and prayers go out to all of these heroes who, uh, you know, made the supreme sacrifice uh, since our last show. Well, that that heart takes out a lot of people. Medicals. uh, Oh, yeah. You know, that's just one of the things. And, of course, uh, suicide. You know, as a 34-and-a-half-year veteran, and I'm just as guilty of this as the next, if, if I could preach, you know, one thing to my you know, brethren, whether they're active or retired, is keep your ticker strong, exercise. You know, everybody likes to lift weights and look like a big macho man, chew tobacco and get a tattoo. But what you really ought to do is make sure you keep your heart in good aerobic condition because without a good ticker, everything else falls apart. That's, that's for sure. 
Okay, well, next, I think, Bob, we'll talk about this show. Today, we have a great guest on, Eddie Andrews. He's going to come and spend a lot of time with us. Mm -hmm. He's a representative the Iowa House, uh, District 39. You're going to really like our conversation, I think, with him. Uh, it's uh, We've got some great questions to answer, and he's a real informative guy. I want to tell everybody, we're going to take a break for two weeks on the 27th and the 3rd of January, and we'll be back on the 8th. Uh, we've got three more shows till then. We've got next week, we have, uh, who do we have coming on? We've Chris Scott. Chris Scott's West coming. West Point Police Chief. He'll be here. He'll be here. Uh, John Quinn was going to be here today, but we're going to have him on again. He had something come up, so we'll get John on. And, of course, we've got some other great guests in the pipeline, so stay tuned to that. <laughs> Next, I'm going to give us some shout-outs, just some, some folks. Uh, Dave, I don't know if you have any, but I'll... I do. I'll, I've got, go I got a, a few. Uh, Linda Linda Powers, she's a retired Des Moines police officer. Uh, good old buddy of mine. He listens all the time. Rod Marquis, his late dad, mm -hmm. uh, was a, a Des Moines police sergeant. Sure. Rodney the Deacon, I grew up with him. Just ain't going to find better people than him. One of our guests, uh, John Shaver, listens all right, the right. time. Shout-out to John. Just a lot of uh, active and retired police officer friends of mine that listen, and a lot of form, a lot of WHO listeners tune in too. Because I think Maxwell Schaefer, he, he listens too. He's the host of uh, uh, the WHO Morning Show. I think he best described my style of radio conduct, Roger, when he said, "I'm acerbic." I got, I got a better word to describe you, but I can't say it on the air. Well, I can, but I won't. Okay. Uh, well, I've got some guys, and I'm going to go down. These are people that just hit our Facebook, so I always try to get them Kay Whedon, mm -hmm. Brad Amos, Barbara Winston, Jason Spencer, Aaron Darr, Jerry O'Rourke, R.D. or Bob Clark. Mm -hmm. You know him, uh, former yep. officer. Scott Pope, Vin Thacker, Vin has been on our program. Robert Crow, I think you know him. My brother-in-law, you know good brother -in -law. man. Yeah, that's right. He gives me scoops on you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Gerald Johnson, Doug Johnson, and of course uh, the world traveler, Ron Brooks. Ron's oh, an ex yeah. Yeah. I told Ron hey, we have to get him on, but you know he's all over the country. He's he in Aruba. Is. He's here. He's yeah. there. He's, he's kind of like you, Roger. No, uh, I don't. I don't travel huh? like that. He he met this gal, and I'm. I don't know. He just he's either traveling out or he's he's on the run. He's fleeing. I don't know what. It, you know, he could be America's <laughs> most wanted. I am checked him to see on Ron, but I, I like him a lot. He's, yeah, he's he good. was a great officer. Good guy. He used to work traffic down yeah, there. Yeah, he, he was a dandy. Oh yeah, one of our deals. Well, uh, next, I guess we wouldn't be uh, we'd be remorse if we didn't hit this. And now it's time for ass hats of the week. It's time. Yes, it's true. These are real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, fire away. Uh, you know this is coming, Roger. This goofball, this nut job that people were buying hook, line, and sinker, his gas on the left side, Chris Cuomo from CNN. Oh, yeah. What a joke. Chris. Him and his brother. There's a couple of the most unstable doodahs I've ever seen in my life. Couldn't happen to a better person. Couldn't happen. I want you to re I want you to remember these two jokers, folks. If you're in, you play in left field, because left field's full of people like this, and these two have done more to damage uh, sections of this country than the law allows. So that was he's my ass hat of the week, Chris Cuomo. Dave, I could agree with you more. I'm going to go with that uh, county attorney out in L.A., George. Gasson, uh -huh. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Gasson, he's a, he's the one that uh, you know he's for criminal rights, uh, yeah. no bond, yeah. uh, 
put them back out on the street. You know, they've got a police detective out there that's saying L.A. now is not even safe for tourists because of this guy. Yeah, uh, they're, they're going to try to do a re uh, reaccount uh, recount on him, get him uh, recalled, and uh, uh, it's just I don't know where this guy comes from except he's a Soros guy that Soros put money behind and got him elected. Yeah, I used to get really pissed off about people like him, and then the more you think about it. They're voted into office by other jackasses who think just like them. So I kind of look past them now and look back at the voter base that put these jokers in office. Uh, like all, all the shoplifting and, and vandalism mm -hmm. and smash and grab going on in San Francisco. San Franciscoans elected these idiots. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I feel sorry for the businesses. But, hey, if you want meaningful change... Don't elect jackasses like that to office. Well, that's exactly right. They've got smashing grabs. Now they got to deal with these guys are following people home and, and forcing them in their house and doing uh, doing robberies. Uh, you had a re-election uh, recall. You kept these guys in there. You kept Gavin in there. That, yep. that not yo, and, and that's what you saw. So I kind of don't feel sorry for the people of California. Get it changed. Yeah. Get it changed. And yeah. I guess it's got to, I guess you have to get robbed before you think it is. But there's too many liberals out there. And yep. they just, hey, that's you, why we call you, it the left you know coast. What? You, you voted for it, enjoy it. That's the left coast. For that's you. right, the left coast. The left coast. <laughs> yeah, we have the, you know, that's what we got. Yeah. Well, you know, Dave, I think next we've got to get into uh, our guest. Dave, uh, our guest today is someone from the House of Representatives of the state of Iowa. It goes by the name of Eddie Andrews. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. This yeah. is a, a good-looking dude, and uh, you know he's he's working hard for the citizens of Iowa. There you go, Eddie. Welcome. Hey, thank you guys. Man, I'm excited to tell us about the House of Representatives and uh, the you represent District 39. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, and that encompasses Johnston, Grimes, Johnston, Grimes, Urbandale. Uh, as of right now. You guys know that redistricting is going on, and so right. we'll see what goes on uh, real soon. Well, explain the whole thing. What causes redistricting? So the census, every 10 years, we have to reset each district so that each district is the same amount. So we've got 3.2 million people in Iowa. Okay. Divide that by 100 districts, and so we have to have roughly 32,000 people per district. And so my district had grown so much mm -hmm. that they had to take some. Take some, a little away take, from you. Take a little bit out. Okay. Well, I and I take it there's a hundred representatives yes, sir. In, the, in the house and fifty senators. And now is that a full time job? That's a full time thing. You know they lied to me because they said something about <laughs> off session and yeah they they tell you that and uh, I have been just as busy. I mean it's starts at seven and it goes until and I think you know what I think it is is when people understand that you listen to them right they don't care what district you are in they. They, hey, Eddie, call Eddie. He will get stuff done. You talk you talk their language, they're going to listen. And they will they will tell their common friends. Common sense. Yep. Common sense, conservative values yes, sell sir. in the state, I think. Did, uh, how long have you been doing it? Long time. I mean, all of 11 months. I mean, this is, uh, that was a joke. That was my, <laughs> that was my attempt. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was gonna say, they were well, wondering. You should have seen their eyes, guys. Like, wait well, a minute. A long time. Sometimes months. we get a little confused on this program. <laughs> it happens. Roger does. I'm yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of legislation is going on up there these days? Any pro-law well, pro -law enforcement stuff? A lot. As a matter of fact, today, uh, speaking of both off-session and law enforcement, I was on 
the Brady Giglio um, uh, subcommittee meeting today. Well, okay. I'm not even, no, not subcommittee. What do we call that? It's a task force or task something. Force. I, explain to our listeners what that is, what the Brady Giglio oh, is. Oh, boy. It really starts from 1963 case Brady versus Maryland. And what that is, is if you are a defendant mm-hmm. and the the prosecution finds out evidence, right? even if it can, can hurt their case, right? They have to make that available to the defense. Mm. And so then the Giglio thing came a few years later. And the problem with all the subsequent or some of the subsequent rulings is that you now have law enforcement people who are on this quote unquote Brady list or Giglio list. Yes. And they don't always know they're on this list and they're on this list because a prosecutor doesn't think that their testimony is valid or they may have done something in the past. It may be, have be a, some, a, 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 a little negative history. Yeah, it could be anything. You know, you showed up late for work and you put 830 down instead of 815 and, you know, something like that. And now your your testimony is now questionable. So it, you don't you can be on this list and not even be convicted of a crime. It's well, yeah, a, most people I don't think. Well, first of all, if you're convicted of a crime and still in law enforcement, right. you're probably not. Because I know they have a list of officers, old officers that have done that. But right. this, this, this is just something negative that's gone on. Right. They, put, they build this list. Boy, that doesn't sound very good. And so you no. end up with all these officers who, and sometimes they don't know that they're on it until they go to a next job. They're now in, in uh, you know, eastern Iowa. They go move to West Des Moines or something like that. And then all of a sudden you have uh, a con- contact and... Oh, I'm sorry, we can't hire you. You're on this list. Or it comes up in a court case. Some defend, sure. some defendant's attorney gets this and starts trying to uh, discredit an officer's testimony with that. I could see that right. going on. We actually had a police chief there to, uh, today who testified that he was asked by a local paper in, I believe, was it 19, 2019, if he could provide the list, his Brady list. of, And he said, we don't have one. There's no mm-hmm. such thing. And they did their investigation and came back to him and said, well, I guess we do have something. And so he had to, to, had to uh, kind of backtrack and said, well, I guess we do. And he, to his credit, uh, had the back of his officer and uh, was boy, able to find out and get the, disseminate yeah. the right information. Yeah. Is, is this current law that's being enacted or is it, is, is it active now, right now going on? Or? It's active now. So what's, what we did now in, in our previous legislation uh, session, it's really complicated. And, right. and you, I mean, even today we had prosecuting attorneys, we had the defense attorneys, we had the county attorneys, we had the police chiefs, we even had the fire officers represented. Mm-hmm. And this was all day. And it's clear that this is a heavy topic. You've got constitutional issues, you've got privacy issues. So what we did is we passed something it's like a, a giveaway. So we passed this current session that you can't fire anybody mm-hmm. if they're on this list okay. for one year. Mm, okay. And the idea was, hey, let's figure this thing out. We'll get back to everybody. But in the meantime, you can't do anything until July 1. Is this driven, voted, I guess, down party lines? Or is it, I mean, pretty much, or is it all over the board? Who's pushing it and who's against it? I so guess. I'm not sure voting is, it's not really voted on Okay. right now. What we're trying to do is create a solution. So the Constitution tells us, and, and the, the courts have stated from the Constitution that in that Brady case and then 
the Giglio case. I'm sorry to get in deep in the weaves here, but that's okay. It's designated that we have to make we have to err on the side of of disclosure. Okay. So like if an if an officer's done something or yeah, let's just say it, it's a racial issue mm-hmm. and you discover that this guy's got like 75 posts online uh, that are racist or something like that. Right. Well, that might be relevant to the case. It may not be, but it may be. Hmm. And so they typically err on the side of of caution and disclosure. Who makes that decision? Who goes on prosecutor? So a prosecutor in an individual county can say, I'm going to put Dave Murillo on this list. Right. And the way from their standpoint, keep in mind, there's lots of viewpoints, but from their standpoint, if they try a case and they don't disclose something, and then the defense attorney says, wait a minute, you didn't tell us about this. This could have helped our case. Like you had this evidence and you hid it. So therefore Mm -hmm. let's take this whole case down. Dave, do you see anything union being able to control this or get involved in something like this? Not real. No, not really. Is I don't. It, I mean, it, right now. Well, w- one thing that happened a few years ago that I wasn't a big fan of, even though I have a Republican legislator sitting here, was when they diluted Chapter Twenty collective bargaining laws. Mm-hmm. They so removed public employees from being able to bargain for much of anything, and uh, even law enforcement. You know, they're, they're still required to recertify their union, uh, even though that. That shouldn't happen. And a Republican governor, Bob Ray, is the one that enacted Chapter 20 back in 74. So public employees couldn't strike. So yeah, I yeah. don't see what he's talking about being in a, a I, real I, equation. I, don't, I guess I'm trying to put myself in a, in, in a position here. What would drive a prosecutor to do that? Because usually they have pretty good relationships with police departments. I mean, it's, I would think it would have to be something egregious to say, I'm going to put you on this list. Well, I, I, you know, I... Maybe, but before I even say anything, you mentioned the Republican legislature. I just have to say, I was not here when that happened. So, <laughs> so yeah, and, and, you know, I was deeply involved in Chapter 20 matters for the mm-hmm. Des Moines Police Department for six, seven years. And nobody gets rich, you know, in collective bargaining. It's usually a cost of living raise that's gobbled up by the rising cost of health insurance and the consumer price index. So, you know, the fact that somebody thought we were becoming rich because we were able to come to the table and bargain for basic, you know, insurance and salary raises and things like that, that's just not true. Mm. But be that as it may, I I am a a proud, you know, registered Republican. I just wasn't in agreement lockstep with my party on that one. This this bill, again, it sounds like it's already, it's there, it's active, there's people... I take it the public and go, probably go right online and, and see who these officers are and see what their well, allegations no, are. No, that's part of the issue because a lot of the the quote unquote list, if you will, mm-hmm. is private information. Okay, it may be in your HR records. Well, you don't want that public. Yeah. <laughs> so the only way that it does anybody any good would be in a court case. A, a, right. An attorney can go get that, but. I'm just wondering, um, you know, if do the departments know who's on it? Do they have records? Typically not. I mean, if I'm the chief of of Des Moines, for instance, and I want to see what officers are on there from my department, can I find that out? I assume so now. But keep in mind, like I I gave the example earlier, this police chief Stallman from the city of Altoona, Uh when he got there, he actually said uh, he was asked. To if he had any people on the that list, he said no. He went, went through the records. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, was nothing. Caught him by surprise a little bit. 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, like I said, those officers, and we've, we've got other issues or other stories of officers. One officer, uh, there's a report where he, he wrote down, it was a drug case, and one of the people put some drugs in their, in their shorts, mm-hmm. and he wrote trousers. And therefore, he's on this list as being potentially discredited any testimony that he gives because, you know, he didn't tell the full truth or something like that. He used the word trousers instead of shorts? And and they thought that was egregious enough. This list sounds to me like a blacklist, if you will, where you could get blacklisted real easy. I I don't like this. There's all sorts of things in government, Roger, that need to be... (laughs) I mean, there's things, I, believe me, when we were on the department, yeah. I, I bet we'd be on that list just, I'd be leading the charge probably for saying things or doing something <laughs> so, inappropriate. But we're trying to look at it where the constitutional requirement of disclosure is still there, but right. that there's transparency enough so that, A, the person knows they're on this list and gives them a, an opportunity to defend themselves, right? That's exactly what should um, happen. And just kind of have that, discussion up front rather than find out six years later when you're trying to move and, and move to another uh, district and you realize you're, you're on this list. And, is is, and is it, is it, it's still, I take it being talked about and gone back and forth or do you, right. are you comfortable where it's at now? Or? We spent all day going over it. Yes. Uh, and listening to, to different groups explain uh, their point of view. And we didn't, we had lots of uh, lively discussion and ideas brought out, and that's that's always wonderful. Mm-hmm. We didn't fully arrive at, an, at at a solution, but we did arrive on that there needs to be uniformity and that there needs to be transparency and a way right. for officers to officers to know that they're on this list, and then have some ability to appeal this. I would think there'd be some kind of guidelines or something. Here's what here are the things that are going to get you on this list, and here's what's not. You know, without that, who knows? I yes. mean, what is misspelling a going to get me on that list? Because let me tell you something. Is that the deal? <laughs> you know me, Dave. I'm going to be all, all over that. Thing. <laughs> You're going to go. Um, yeah, and, and I got a, a subject here I want to get your opinions on. And I don't care if you're left, right, moderate, conservative, whatever. Okay. Politics, regardless of which party you're talking about, seems to me to be the driving negative factor in so many issues versus getting down to the people's business. We, we spend all this partisan arguing and everybody gets kind of lost. I don't care what the issue is. You see it locally, you see it nationally. How, how do we navigate to get government back to core services, basic services, and, and get get the petty politics uh, out, out of government? I mean, I'm, I'm all for that, but I'm, I want to get your opinion on that. Well, what I try to do is, A, listen to everyone, mm-hmm. like everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that means when I, when, I, when I talk to people on the street, uh, when I talk to people at the Capitol building, wherever I'm at, I, I talk to everyone. Number two, talk about issues rather than politics. And what I mean by that is, I'll give you an example. Okay. There's a, we have a wonderful police chief. And I was telling someone today about our, our police chief, Chief McDaniel in, in, in Johnson. Uh-huh. And someone asked, well, is he a Republican or Democrat? You know what? I don't know because yeah. I didn't ask. As long as he does yeah. good law, you know, law yeah. enforcement. And yeah. when he comes down to the Capitol, he's the most prepared guy there. I mean, he's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, cares about 
policy. He cares about the law. He's when he he comes down there with papers and he knows the the history of particular laws. And when I he texted me today during the Brady Giglio meeting and said, hey, I'm watching it online. Great questions you're asking. He's a great guy who knows his stuff. But do I know what politics he is? Don't know. Well, and that's what I'm talking about. He, he he's there to do the people's work in a law enforcement capacity. We all have political opinions, and we all lean one way or another. But just basic government core services, politics should never enter into that equation. And unfortunately, it does. You it, know, it does. But I think you you get around it by not talking about it. Sometimes. I mean, there are. Look, I mean, I am a Republican, so therefore I've made a choice about what, you know, some of my core beliefs, right? Sure. But my wife is not, and she's a very public figure. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, and we have, there's some things we disagree with and a few things that we agree on, and you know what? We just don't talk about those things, right? Or you have a, you're able to have an amicable. Or you, agree, you, right. you can agree to disagree, and, and, you, and you, don't, you don't, you know, have a... a vendetta to grind with each other or creates hard <laughs> feelings you know you just okay you have your opinion i have mine and let's get on down the road sure and yeah. or you're sleeping on the couch <laughs> <laughs> done that too so yeah. <laughs> hey we live in the real world i've got i've got friends that that are from those kind of family you know i've, I've got friends that that are friends that are liberal left um kind of people and uh, uh yeah you just but be, you don't make it personal. And you know what? I, I used to be a Democrat, so I don't think that Democrats are evil. Mm-mm. I think they're, you know, you know, I don't want to get into the politics of it, but right. we have different ways of approaching things. Sure. And you have to have that open discussion before you can actually get the ball moving forward, right? We, yeah. we, we talk a lot about this on this program, about Blue Dog Democrats, you know, our position is we're a law enforcement, pro-law enforcement, pro-common sense. And that's not necessarily divided down party lines. Is, no, am I right, Dave? No, yeah, you're right. I mean, for example, the police department, Des Moines Police Department associations and unions supported Claire Selsey when she ran for office. She's so left of center, it's unbelievable but we get along with her. We can talk to her. We can agree to disagree. She's a very nice lady. Do I agree with a lot of her positions? No. But going back to what we were talking about just a minute ago, we get along. I mean, you know, she, she is, you know, pro law enforcement and she, she works hard to protect our benefits on the social issues. We couldn't be further apart, but we do get along. Well, and you have our, our local sheriff here in Polk County. Um, he's a Democrat. But, you know, great guy, though. Yeah. And yeah. very pro law enforcement, Kevin Snyder. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it when it comes to common sense, when it comes to law enforcement now, uh, you want to talk about defunding the police and the BLM movement and all that. I'm, I'm totally against that. Everything. I think it's proven that that hasn't worked in a lot of these places that they've defunded. They're now trying to refund. And we see that daily. Matter of fact, uh, by the way, did you see that? Not to change the subject. You see that police chief up in Minneapolis is resigning. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. surprised me. In January. And this is a guy, he was a good man. He's, I think he's the first black chief they've had up there yep. and a great fit for that, for that city and, and cared. And they've run him off Yeah, and they've done that. And I don't care whether he's black or white or anything. They run off good people. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I don't know, Eddie. I, 
do you see much of that kind of and and that's kind of died down that BLM uh uh black uh defund the police talk I mean, up there I I see a lot of I I see I still see remnants of that um and interestingly enough um President Obama has kind of come down on on that movement and said guys you need to change your tactics um and I it, the, the the most interesting thing in the world is is seeing him get hit from the left. <laughs> and and I don't know but, if the team the left that those people are so extreme. I don't even know yeah. what they are. Yeah. Radical, I, I don't, radicals. I don't, radicals. I don't think they're the Democrat. I don't know what they are. They're anarchists. But it's kind of to your point earlier when you said you you have to have a dialogue or or and I think what President Obama's point was on that was look defund the police you're losing half your audience the instant you, that comes out of your mouth yeah, exactly um <laughs> there's no way yep. that anybody's listening to you at that point if you have a point that you want discussed then discuss that point rather than well say taking money losing away from, yeah taking money away from law enforcement doesn't benefit anybody no. except maybe the criminals that's who it helps and because know, they're so law if you know, if, if, that's <laughs> right if you want to you know re- refund give them more money train people more if you don't like the outcome that officers are doing train them more give them better training give them better equipment give them better tools uh don't take them away don't we need our law enforcement you, you got to have it and i and without that uh well we, we're just seeing how well that's working you know I, ed i was in government for 34 and a half years and i was very very active in politics and the issues collective bargaining pension matters things like that and it, it seems to me that various sections of the code need to be revisited sometimes because sometimes they're antiquated. They've outlived their usefulness. They're not, what, they're not doing now what they were intended to do. Sometimes I feel like Chapter 400 needs to be revisited, civil okay. service. You know, when, when a police department, a police chief can't hire who they want because those individuals didn't meet the litmus test of the civil service commission, which certifies hiring lists for police departments. That's a problem. I, I trust Dana Winger and, and John Quinn. And I trust, you know, Chris Scott to know who they would like to hire, but to send a group of applicants there, that's going to get a five minute listen to by somebody who's not in law enforcement and then return that list back to the police department that's who we think. That's where that's where things can get skewed. And I've seen that happen. Okay. Well, now that you mentioned that, I'm going to check that out as soon as we get to off off the air and and start reviewing that and see if I have sense. any ideas with your ideas and maybe we can get that changed. And nothing too that bothers me is that we're losing a lot of good, high quality police applicants simply because in their past they did some things. I'm talking about felonious things. I'm talking about you know, a kid in college who used cocaine, that was in college. He experimented. Put a, put a stipulation there that if he does that again, he's fired. But but eight, when 80% of your college kids have snorted some cocaine, then you've only got 20% of applicants who are going to be able to be hired. And sometimes you end up hiring educated idiots because they're squeaky clean, but they don't have any common sense. I mean, those are things that I think law enforcement, locally and nationally, they need to start re-looking that via their legislative bodies too. And and you can also throw in things like pay. Yes. Um, we we actually did um, 
that's one thing we we were able to get accomplished this past session because the 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 gap of pay from some police chiefs and some sheriffs was so high or, or was so wide that it needed to really be addressed. And we we're there was actually one police chief. Uh, I won't say the town. Yeah. And uh, he resigned and came and moved to a, uh, I believe, a Des Moines deputy sheriff. Okay. So he could make more money. Okay. And I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. yeah. We yeah. have to do something about that. And so we actually had, we passed the first step. And so uh, that's just one piece of the puzzle. Right. Well, and then I have some things I want to run by you off, off air too, you know, that uh, I think would go a long ways in helping the citizens of this state get more bang for their tax buck. Okay. You know, I mean, there's just, uh, we, we need to, we need to do some things differently. The The last thing I'm going to ask you, and I don't know there's a whole lot we can do about this, you know, as an African-American man talking to a Hispanic man here, because of the demographics in the state of Iowa, how do we ever, ever, I don't care what level of government you're talking about, state, county, federal, whatever, how do we ever get more people of color into actual, I can make a decision, uh, positions in government? That, that drives me batty. Just, you see, you know, the police chiefs, by and large, are white, nothing against whites, the, the city managers are white. I mean, I, I, I'd like to see more color in government, but it's got to be competent. I don't, I don't want well, just you to be, put somebody in who's... You want, who's, you want to promote people because of their bingo. abilities. That's, I think that's bingo. our thing. Not because of your skin right. color, because exactly. your building quality, your character, those kind of things. Yeah. I, I, I just think you start young. I mean, it's not a, a let's turn the switch on and it happens. You, you start young and you engage people... Um, at their earliest and you make sure that every student knows that they can do anything mm-hmm. and you put that confidence in them. Um, and they don't know they can't do it because no one's told them they can't. You know, one thing the, the Des Moines school district's doing that I like is that they're, they get into the blue collar trades, you know, yes. welders and auto body and, and farming and things like that. I, I think too, that if our legislature would, would make some mandates that all school districts have to talk early about all the basic careers and the salaries and benefits that coincide with that. It would start being ingrained into children that, hey, if I want to be a cop, I can't be involved in shoplifting. I can't be doing this or that. If I want to be a farmer, I, I need to save money to get a loan to be a farmer. Or mean, take what, these classes. Yes, exactly. You know, I, I, think, kind of I think we kind of dropped the ball like that. You know, mm-hmm. I... I agree with everything you said. And I also personally, I started a group called Mentoromics where mm-hmm. we teach kids how to code. That's my, my that's my real, real, mm-hmm. real job. Okay. And so Des Moines Public Schools has actually called us a couple of times to figure out why that the kids that go into this program end up being, they, they improve their grades, even though it's not an academic program. But sure. we do it from an entrepreneurial standpoint. So when these, these kids get done with this program, that they have an app in the App Store or the Google Play Store or an uh, Alexa skill, and it's theirs. They can show their friends, and now they want to know how how I can do this better. How they want it, so it they mm-hmm. they see the benefit of that. Yeah, yeah. And also, we've been working. Me personally, I've been trying to work with our trade unions. Um, sure. Um, the carpenters, and uh-huh. we actually have a facility in in 
excuse me, in uh, Pleasant Hill, I want to say. Uh-huh. And then we also have another training center in Grimes. Yeah. Well, and, you you make some good money in the trades. Absolutely. You know, I mean, well, you're, you're talking eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars to be a tenor, be a good, you know, diesel mechanic, electrician, you know, electrician, plumber. I mean, you know, a lot of people just don't like school much, but they do like learning a craft or a trade. Yes, all the above education. And now, Eddie, I see you've been on. You're on the Commerce com- uh, Committee. You're on the Human Resources, Public Safety, Veterans Affairs. Yes. Uh, Health and Human Services, Vice Chair. Yes. What kind of things are you doing there? So, wow, uh, that's a lot. That's there. a big deal. Is there anything <laughs> drug, big issue right now? So the the biggest passion that I've had and what made me run, I mean, there are lots of things that I am excited to run on and to talk about and to implement, but what made me run was mental health. Okay. And yes, that's huge. So that, well, if you guys are in law enforcement, yeah. you yeah. know, the, the new, the new, uh, asylum is the jails. I mean, cause they, right. yeah. a lot of people, yeah. we don't know how to deal with them. We don't have enough beds. We don't have uh, enough shelters. Uh, we experienced that in our own family where <laughs> the waiting times are horrendous. Mm-hmm. When my son was here, he, uh, when he would have, would ha- have an episode, uh, he wasn't, you couldn't keep him in the house because he'd be beating up. You know what I mean? That, oh, no, it's a and mental, people, mental issue. No, and the only people uh, they call out is law enforcement. And yeah, yeah cops, exactly. And, and so we, we didn't want to call law enforcement. You know, people don't always like, Hey, my kids, he lives here. This, sometimes this those is, things don't turn out the way you think they're going to turn exactly. out. And so we start looking for shelters way. What about tonight? Yeah. And then you realize there's not enough shelters. You would go to Ames, you go to Cedar Rapids and, you know, it's we we have to fix the system, and so that's been my biggest. Focus. And that's huge. Law enforcement and education will back you one hundred and fifty percent in more mental health services and funding or for, support services. Exactly. Give them another tool it, in their belt. It's a it's a huge problem, Roger. I mean, Ed knows this. Well, it's Laura, huge. Laura, our our Rome. candidate, yeah, she yeah. was talking about that's a big uh, uh, function that she's looking at is how do we do this? How do we take some pressure off law enforcement? How do we give them some support for mental health people. You know, we go out on a trip and we've got a person there that's that's having an issue that we can get them in and maybe get them some help. But I think they have some of those services now, but try to expand. And in that capacity, mentorship is huge. Yes. You know, um, I, I have gone into classrooms before and there's been Hispanic kids who are out of control. They're escalated. And I'll look at them and I'll say, hey, I said, Vengaki. You know, they'll they'll walk right up. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, siete, siete. <laughs> Get pasta. They'll they'll start talking, and they're doing it because they respect me. They understand the lingo. They know somebody's there who's not going to take their BS. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's huge in the Latino community. But there's not a lot of mentorships uh, going on uh, from the African American community or the Hispanic community. We need to get more more uh, people of color mentors involved across yeah. the board in well, education. You, you know, my little program is called Mentoromics, and that's uh-huh. one of the reasons why is we need to address um, all students, but typically the young males. Yes. Uh, and that's we have to make sure that they have the opportunities and that they see people who aren't, like you said, aren't going to take their mess mm-hmm. and who they respect and you can lead. And they, they need discipline and structure. Everybody the, does, right. You know, you can't run feral 
and expect to not end up in jail or hang out with the wrong crowd. They need discipline, structure. They need to be taught respect, well, respect sometimes, authority. Sometimes they're not getting that at home. They're not. And so, you know. That's yeah, huge, though. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear you say that. That's huge, right now. You know, Des Moines, Polk County's mobile crisis does fantastic work. Yes, and now uh, that was one of the things I talked about when when I was running. Now that mobile crisis is available to kids, it at that at one point it was only available for adults, which yes. is, I thought was <laughs> yeah. How is this not available to everyone? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie, tell me a little bit about Eddie. Tell us aside from politics. Tell us a little bit about you. So I love life. I love people. Great. I've always been in service some sort of way, whether that I grew up in a, in a house of uh, where my dad was a minister, our whole family's kind of involved in church or ministry. Mm -hmm. And I thought that everybody did public service because that's what our family did. We, you know, whether or not it was connected to the church or not, we always, you know, Mm -hmm. neighborhood cleanups. Yeah visiting the seniors doing lawn care for for people who can get out you know we were just that was our family we just mm-hmm. did that uh, I didn't know any better <laughs> and yeah. so when I grew up my my training is electrical and computer engineering mm-hmm. uh, did a little bit of grad uh, work uh, in engineering management and got a couple of religious um, uh, pieces of paper mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, worked for the for work for the power company, and then started my own business, just writing software for people. Right. So I've always had public service, and so once once I got half my feet settled under me, we uh, I started Des Moines Spanish Conversation Group. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it's still going on about I want to say it's almost two decades old now. You probably know Joe Gonzalez real well. The claro sí, yeah. <laughs> now you're a minister too, right? Yes, I am. And tell us about that. So bilingual minister. Um, so in our English church, I'm a lay minister. Uh, and also I co-pastored a, our Hispanic church, I think officially maybe eight or nine years. Uh, I'm still involved in it. I've been retiring for like ever. Uh, and they keep forgetting that I retired and say, hey, we need you next Sunday. Bring you back. <laughs> You're in demand. You know, I've been in politics probably ever since my fifth or sixth year on the police department, you know, endorsing candidates, <laughs> working for candidates, you know, it's just kind of, you know, been a hobby of mine, if you will. And you get a sense, you get a feeling for politicians. I don't care what denomination they are. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, and I, and just in the short time I've talked to you, yeah, I'm going to tell you, you are future gubernatorial material here oh in the state of Iowa. I'm, I'm serious. You're sharp. You're a leader, you're well-spoken, you're up on the issues, you're articulate, and that's who Iowans migrate to. So if you ever decide to run for governor, uh, you give Volmurillo a call here. You give us a, yeah. Okay, I'm telling you, you're the man for the job. You you could do it, you would do well as governor of the state of Iowa. Well, wow, okay. You know, we we get a lot of people on this program, and uh, we had Nicole Hassel on here. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah, she's been on... uh, uh, a couple of times, I think, yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, we love her to death. I was just, uh, just she just joined me up the uh, basketball. Uh, her and her son, I took him up to Iowa State for oh, the nice. basketball tournament. And she came up there, and and uh, uh, yeah, we uh, politics is the police. Know, the police community, the police family would love you. I mean, yeah. The more of them that know you, a lot of them don't know who you are. 
I'm telling you, I mean, I'm tight with that group of people. They they would migrate to you in a heartbeat. Wow. I mean, that's that's just the honest truth. And I know we talked about this. Uh, you're going to maybe or maybe not come up for election. We don't know. <laughs> we'll know together <laughs> in about a week. <laughs> in about a week. Well, when you find that out, we need to know that. You can text me or let me know, and we'll get you back on here because – yeah. And we'll do everything we can to support you. Oh, I see how that works. And if I announce yeah. separately, then I come back. <laughs> that's oh, right. that's cool. And, you know, I'm one of these guys, Ed, who puts his money where his mouth is. If you decide to run for reelection, you get a hold of me and I'll crank you a check for your reelection. Okay. I'll, and I'll tell you what I'll do. Oh, thank you. Wow. I'll, I'll make sure you got a couple courtside seats up for Iowa State. There wow. Are you a basketball the, fan? <laughs> you know what? I used to want to play basketball and then I stopped growing. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, I'm a, I'm a fan up there and a uh, supporter and, and, and uh, thank you. Guys. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something about this joker sitting across from me. Uh-oh. His dad was phenomenally successful in business, the late Rod French. But what I really admired about this guy here and his dad was as successful as they were, they are so, they were and are so generous. Iowa State University is a better place because of his dad and, wow. and, and Connie French, and Rogers generous. I mean, the, the guys are just top notch. Wow. You know, I mean, awesome. always, that's always Thank impressed you, David. me. Yeah, my dad uh, and our family appreciates. Rod that. was a good did. man. He was. I <laughs> I, I, I still want him to tell you, hey, doesn't how about me? Feel, <laughs> how about me? <laughs> but doesn't that make you feel good though that you've got? parents that people respect i mean that's that's amazing he my my father always felt that uh uh he supported athletics but he supported education a little more so he that's when he donated uh the for the acad- athletic academic center up there. oh my wow. so uh, uh the rod county french athletic Ac- academics wow. so those all those students because he knew you know you just can't run people through their athletic you they've got to have a bit of education they got to do and he's been been a fairly good supporter up there wow. their whenever rod french called me at the police department um you know here's my best rod french impression this is always <laughs> the way you know i am uh, i won't he, tell you what he called when i got his call <laughs> so like, here's what i say what are you doing big guy what are you doing big guy you know <laughs> Yeah, Rod, what do you need? And whatever Rod needed, Rod got because Rod was just a peach of a guy. Well, he wow. he he did any That's any support of law enforcement. He uh, he made a donation. He he gave Des Moines. He got them started on their body cameras. Yeah, made a made a large oh, support. Okay, guy, and nice. he was the initial uh, investment or donation that bought everybody body cameras down there. He did that for wow. them. Wow, that going, yeah. So uh, uh, support wow. law, law enforcement. So all kind of the same things that we support here. And you know, like Dave said, kind of circling back. You support a lot of these same things, and uh, with that, we'll support you uh, all we can. Well, we're fans you. now. We know we're. Uh, wow. Thank you guys. Th- th- hey, Roger, tres amigos. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't. I don't speak. Don't be getting me to speak. Uh, Bobby's getting me again. Isn't he? I don't even know what he's saying. I got. I, he won't lie. He'll tell me the truth. I may have to call oh, you. He's, and get three friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, good. anyway, uh, Eddie, I want to thank you for coming on. My yes. pleasure. Yeah. My we, pleasure. Really it seems like, man, time's just blown by, but really we, we, we want to get you back on. And certainly when you make that announcement, then I want you back on. Here. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. Okay. Good man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Thanks, you guys. Sir. All right. Pleasure's mine. Well, Dave, I couldn't uh, be more excited about today's show. I thought it was great. Oh, and, no. Uh, you know, how impressed were you with Eddie? Oh, man. I'm telling you, folks. This guy's got a future in politics. I'm, I'm just telling you, as, as a political guru, 
This guy's got a future. Well, st- well I'll tell our listeners to stay tuned because we're going to have him back on the show because I think he'll have an announcement for us. I just, I just feel that. But uh, good show. Yep. Uh, you know, I want everybody to remember, uh, vote your uh, conscience. Be sure use common sense and uh, support law enforcement. Always. Always. Talk to you later, Roger. All right, Dave. Thank All you, buddy. buddy. See, ya. See ya. You've been listening to Cop Talk USA with your hosts, Marillo and French.